my big idea this morning. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow. Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This is week three of three in the series, Arrows Out. Now here is Pastor Mayel. <laughs> that was not expected. That was awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's so good to see all of you. And to those who are listening online, we're so glad that you're here with us today. And um, I just got to give a quick shout out to all the ladies in the house. Where are my ladies at? It's okay to give me a holler. Awesome. Well, we started our Bible study this Tuesday and we're having a great time. If you um, haven't signed up, you still want to come, come Tuesday. We'll get you connected. But I have something exciting I want to share with you. On October 21st, on a Friday night, we're going to have our first ladies gathering here at PCC. So ladies, mark your calendars. You don't want to miss it. October 21st, 6.30 p.m. So I see you writing it down right now because you don't want to miss And send a text to your friends. Tell them. Save the date. More details will come soon, but we're going to have a great time. Well, we've been in a series called Arrows Out for the last few weeks, and we're going to continue that this morning. And today I want to talk to you about sowing and reaping. Everybody say sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. reaping. Growing up, my grandma, Oma, owned a farm. And um, you can see a picture of us right there. That's my grandma. That's Oma. And that's me as a little girl. And um, I had the bangs. Anybody else have the bangs going on? I had the bangs. Well, we used to love going to her farm because she had chickens, she had cows, she had horses, she had all kinds of animals. And her house, going there, it was quite an adventure. In fact, we would show up and she would leave us a note that would say, come find us, I'm hiding. And she would be hiding in the backwoods. She owned like 10 acres and there was a bunch of woods. But this wasn't just a regular hide and go seek. This is my Norwegian grandmother's way of playing hide and go seek. And that is yodeling to find each other. So we would go and in order to find her, we'd have to yodel. So we'd say, yodele, yodelo, yodele, hee hoo. And she would answer back. Yeah, thanks. She taught me, my grandma taught me how to yodel. So we would yodel and then we would wait to hear the other yodel and we would follow the sound of the yodel. You guys should try it today, this afternoon. That's a fun game to play with your kids. But one of my favorite things that we did with her was she let us help her plant her garden. And so we would come and we got to help her plant all of the different vegetables and fruit that she wanted to harvest. And I remember as a little girl being so excited to take this little tiny seed and put it in the ground. But the frustrating part about planting these seeds is that we had to wait. We had to wait for like weeks like months in order to see anything come up. And the best part was, actually, if you could put that picture back up again, that would be awesome. This was actually a picture of us planting her garden. You can see her garden in the background and we've got all this stuff. That was us actually planting the garden. And when it came time to harvest, she would let us go and help her reap all of the harvest. And I remember as a little girl thinking, this is so amazing that just a little tiny seed would then become something so big, like a head of lettuce, that we could then eat it. I mean, it's honestly, if you think about it, it's fascinating how it works. And what I was learning, without really knowing it, was the law of sowing and reaping. See, our world, there are laws that we live every day by without even thinking about it. Think about the law of gravity. 
What goes up must come down. Well, there is a law of sowing and reaping that what you plant, you will reap. What you sow, you will reap. And this is actually a kingdom principle, the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. So I want to turn in our Bibles to Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. So how many of you have your Bibles? Pull your Bibles out, and we are going to read together. Galatians 6, 7 through 10, and I'll be reading from the ESV. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. For whatever, everyone say whatever, Whatever. one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do not be, see, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. That word mocked in the Greek means to stick one's nose up at. Like, haha, I tricked you. God cannot be tricked. God cannot be mocked. I love the message uh, commentary on this, Galatians 6, 7 through 10. It says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. This is a powerful scripture. There is so much rich truth in this. So I want you to, we're going in the deep end. You guys ready to dive deep today? Some of you just get your spiritual floaties. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna dive deep. So today I want to share with you some kingdom principles of sowing and reaping. And the first thing is this. You have to sow in order to reap. You have to sow in order to reap. When my grandma and I planted the garden, if we would have just stood there holding the seed and looking over the dirt, hoping that something would grow, how many of you know nothing would have grown? We actually had to plant the seed in the soil for it to grow. You have to, you have to sow in order to reap. John 12, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. You have to reap in order to sow. And the best part is that we get to determine what kind of harvest we want to reap. When a farmer looks to plant a crop, they think about what kind of harvest they want to reap. So we as believers, we get to think about what kind of harvest do we want to reap in our life. And so we sow the seeds to reap that harvest. Here at Portland Christian Center, as a leadership team, as a pastoral team, we meet every week. And you know what we talk about? We talk about and we pray about the harvest that we're believing God for in this city, for this church. And you know what kind of harvest we want to see? We want to see the lost to know Jesus. 
We wanna see salvations. We wanna see household salvations. We wanna see a line of people out there ready to get baptized and declare that Jesus is their savior. We wanna see the light of Jesus here in Portland like never before. We wanna see a spiritual awakening. That's the harvest that we're believing God for. So you know what we're doing? We're planting seeds strategically in order to reap a harvest. And you know one of the ways we're gonna do that? October 31st, Halloween. We are gonna light up the night. We're gonna light up the night. It might seem like a dark holiday, but how many of you know God can redeem anything? So Halloween, we are opening the doors to PCC and we are calling it Light Up the Night because we wanna shine the love of Jesus to our city. And you know what our goal is? Our goal is to plant seeds of hope that night. We wanna plant seeds of the gospel into every person that comes here. We wanna provide a safe place for young families to bring their kids. And you know, we're gonna have fun games for them. We're even gonna have the reptile man. He's gonna be here. So you can join us in planting seeds by inviting your friends by coming and volunteering, by bringing candy. Be a part of it with us. In order to reap a harvest, we have to sow the seed. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. The harvest of your life reveals what was planted. You cannot plant one thing and expect to harvest another. I cannot plant carrots and expect to get watermelon. This sounds very basic, but as believers, let's think about it. We cannot plant seeds of anger and expect to reap a harvest of joy. We cannot sow seeds of sin and expect to reap a harvest of freedom and righteousness. But many times what happens is we are sowing bad seed and then we come on Sunday and we beg God to give us a different harvest. And what he's saying is, hey, take a look at what you're sowing, because what you're sowing produces the harvest. And what you sow, you will reap. What you sow, you will reap. This passage in Galatians tells us that there's two fields that we can sow into. And the first thing is this. It's your flesh. And your flesh. Your flesh leads to corruption. It leads to decay. Your flesh, what is the flesh? The flesh is desire outside of God's will and plan. Flesh is just that sin nature that we're all born with. And here's the thing, we all have flesh. Everyone in here has a flesh. The flesh is what tells you to just eat one more cookie. It's the flesh that you know, it's, it's that desire, you know you shouldn't do something, but you really, really want to. That's the flesh speaking. In fact, a funny story about this is my father-in-law was praying for a lady and she came up and she said, Pastor Wes, I need you to pray away all the sugar demons. They're coming at me hard. They're coming at me hard. Pray away the sugar demons. What he prayed for was self-control. But what she was wanting, (laughs) she was wanting something different. She didn't want to do the work. She didn't want to have to sow a different seed of self-discipline. But here's the thing, we can, we can sow into the flesh, but it will lead to corruption. The second field is the spirit. And the spirit is sowing into God's kingdom, God's plan, God's way of doing, doing things. It's the Holy Spirit in you planting seeds into the best that God has for you. And it leads to life and freedom. 
It leads to life and freedom. But here is the problem. The flesh and the spirit are at war. They're at war with each other. In fact, scripture tells us in Galatians 5, 13 through 18, that so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever, there's that word again, say whatever, you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. See, God has given us a a free will. So we get to choose what kind of seeds we're going to plant. We get to choose who we live for. And when we sow seeds into the flesh, what happens is we cause all of our arrows to be pointed in at us. Me, 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 what I want, what I need, what I deserve. And the flesh is fleshy and it'll come after you in unexpected ways. But when you sow seeds into the spirit, it causes arrows to go out, meaning God is God's way. It's all about glorifying him and pointing others to him, to his love, to his grace, to his mercy. The spirit and the flesh are at war. And I want to point out something very important, that in this passage, Paul does not say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh He does not say that you won't have the desires. He does not say, walk by the Spirit and you won't have desires. He says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires. So that means that desires will come that are not from God. Desires from the flesh will pop up that are irritating and tempting all at the same time. But we as believers, when you make Jesus your Lord, you can have authority over that if you sow into the spirit. He's saying that there's a way out, that you don't have to give in to your flesh, that you can actually live by the spirit and overcome. So what that means that what once dictated your decisions, the flesh, you can now overcome by the spirit and you can produce a different harvest in your life that will lead to righteousness. So the good news today, is that you can change what you reap by changing what you sow. And that's my big idea this morning. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow. Because of Jesus, we can have authority over the flesh through the spirit. That's how good God is. He gives us a way out. And you can change what you reap by changing what you sow. So if we pause for a moment and we look at what we're reaping in our life, We can ask ourselves this question, if I sow into the spirit, what should I be reaping in my life? Well, it's the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the spirit. When you sow seeds into the spirit, you will produce the fruit of the spirit in your life. So let's take a moment of self-reflection and look at what is harvesting in your life. An honest look is what is being produced in your life, in your attitude, in your words, in your actions, does it reflect the fruit of the Spirit? If I'm being honest, some of them, yes. Others, I need to go back and do some work in my sewing because I'm not quite there yet and I'm not perfect. But you know what? I wanna reap a harvest that represents the, the fruit of the Spirit because I know that when I do that, Man, the impact that that has not only on me, but on those around me, 
glorifies God. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow. And some of you may be here today and you're so discouraged by what you see being produced in your life. I wanna tell you a story that I believe will help impact your mindset on that. My mom, who's actually here today, give her a shout out if you see her. She's actually, she's down with Tate in the kids area. She's helping out with Tate today. My mom was raised in a home with an alcoholic dad. Her father was an alcoholic and he had multiple affairs on my grandma. And when my mom was 16, she came home to her dad packing his bags and he said he was leaving. My mom had seen one type of harvest in family, but then she went to college and she met my dad. And my dad led my mom to Jesus. Now I'm not here promoting missionary dating. <laughs> it worked for them, but my mom met Jesus. And as she read about Jesus, and she read about what happened when you become a child of God, she realized that she could produce a different harvest in her own life and in her family's life because of Jesus. And so before my mom and dad got married, they had a pastor pray over them that the generational curse of of divorce would be broken over them, that the generational curse of alcoholism would be broken over them, that the generational, generational curse of unfaithfulness would be broken. And you know what happened? My mom began to sow seeds into the spirit and that has reaped a harvest in her own family's life that I am living proof of. I have reaped a harvest in my own life because of the seeds that my, plant, my mom planted years ago. So you might be here today and think, it's just, it's too far gone. You don't know what runs in my family. You don't know what kind of things I've faced. Well, I'm here to tell you today that when you ask Jesus to be your savior, you are now a child of God. That means that you have a new bloodline and the spiritual bloodline is stronger than any birth, birth bloodline you might have. So God speaks a better word over you and your family. So no longer through Jesus, no longer does alcoholism run in your family. Does addiction run in your family? No, freedom runs in your family. Family. Freedom runs in your family. No longer does unfaithfulness run in your family. No, faithfulness runs in your family. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. And when you turn to Jesus, you then have authority to plant new seeds into the spirit. And it speaks a better word over you, over your family, and you will reap a harvest that represents the goodness of God in your life. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow. So no matter what you might be facing today, there is hope for you because God's not done with you and Jesus is a merciful God. So you might be here in the room or you might be listening online today and you haven't given your heart to Jesus. Today's your day to turn to Jesus. He came and he did something so miraculous. He took the sin of the world upon himself and died on a cross and rose again. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, which means Satan has no authority over you because of what Jesus did. And if you turn to him, you can experience a freedom that will blow your mind. It's beyond comprehension. Why? Because Jesus loves you, he has a plan for your life, and we can change what we reap by changing what we sow. So the first thing, you have to sow in order to reap. The second thing, you reap what you sow. And the third thing is you reap more than what you sow. You reap more than what you sow. I wanna to read to you, Hosea 8, 7 says this, for they sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Mark 4, 20, 
And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much had been planted. God's kingdom is not a kingdom of addition. It's a kingdom of multiplication. He takes our little tiny seed and he multiplies it 30, 60, and even 100 times. This is the amazing thing about God that he takes the little that we have and he produces an abundant harvest. This church, Portland Christian Center, will be 100 years old in 2024. You and I are reaping a harvest because back in 1924, a handful of people got together in a home because they had experienced a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit here in Portland. It's possible here in Portland, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit here in Portland. And they got together, a few families got together in a home and they began to sow seeds into the future. They began to pray together. They began to sow seeds of finances into the future. Why? Because they wanted to see a great move of God here in Portland. And here we have some pictures. You can actually see the middle picture, the first name that Portland Christian Center was called was actually Portland Gospel Tabernacle. And the middle picture is where they met in their first building, and that's the choir and the preacher. This, the first picture, or this, that was the second picture, the first picture was one of the first buildings that they had. And this was on Southeast 12th and Southeast Taylor. And then the last picture is the building that we're standing in now when it was under construction. Now I know there's several other steps several other places that PCC has gone through to get where we are today, but this is just some highlights because I want to paint this picture. You and I are reaping a harvest because of the faithfulness of those that have gone before us. And we are so grateful to you who have sown seeds into this church, into this community. We are so grateful because we are reaping a harvest because of the faithfulness that you showed to to sow those seeds so so many years ago. But also, we are called to be faithful seed sowers because someday in a hundred years, if the Lord has not come back yet, they will talk about what God did in 2022 here at Portland Christian Center. And you know what? I wanna sow seeds into the future. I wanna sow seeds so that we can see God do incredible things here in this church and in this city. God's not done with Portland, friends. He's just getting started. And you and I are reaping a harvest because of the seeds that were planted long ago. Some of you are reaping a harvest in your own life because of the faithful prayers of your grandma, because of the faithful prayers of your grandpa, because of the faithful prayers of your mom and your dad or an aunt or an uncle or a neighbor or a friend who just came alongside and showed you love and kindness and prayed prayers into you, spoke life over you. You reap more than what you sow. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow. It's the law of sowing and reaping. So we must ask ourselves, how do we do that? How do we change what we're sowing? Well, the first place you start with is it starts with your mind. What you think matters. What you think about matters. Your thoughts impact what you say and what you do. And it's a place where the enemy will attack us really hard. And we have the choice to either sow seeds into the flesh 
or into the spirit. Even this week, as I was preparing to preach, my flesh said, it's too much. You have too much going on. You were just sick. Your kids don't sleep. It doesn't make sense. But you know what my spirit said? This is your call. This is what the Lord has created you to do. So this week, I've been sowing seeds into the spirit. My flesh wanted to say, Nate, I'm too tired. I'm just too tired. But I knew that the Lord had given a word in my heart, and so I had to change the the way that I was thinking. There's actually a study that's been done by Dr. Carolyn Leaf about the power of our thoughts. And I wanna show you a picture really quick. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she is a neuroscientist, and she has done this huge study on um, the brain and the Bible, how scripture in the brain, it's fascinating. But if you look at the tree, the tree that looks dead is actually what your brain looks like when you think a thought that's based in fear. It actually causes decay in your brain. It actually causes decay in your brain. So that's actually what your thought looks like. But when you lean into the thoughts of out of love, she calls it the fear zone and the love zone, the love, which would be the love of the father, it actually produces an image that looks like a tree that's alive in your brain. It's fascinating. So scientifically and neurologically, there are actually things that are happening in your body when you sow into the flesh and you sow into the spirit. When you sow into the spirit, it produces life. When you sow into the flesh, it produces decay. So I ask you this morning, what are you thinking about? And is what you're thinking about producing life or death? Is it bringing freedom or bondage? And you can change how you think by learning what God thinks, by guarding what you look at, by guarding what you listen to. Learn to know what God thinks. Open up his word, spend time in prayer. He wants to show you his mysteries. He wants to show you who he is and reveal himself to you. But you can change what you think by changing what you sow into your mind, what you choose to believe. The second thing is this. It's with your message. You can change the harvest that you're reaping by changing what you say. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. Every time you speak, you're either speaking life or you're speaking death. So think about what you're saying because it creates atmospheres around you. My son Tate, three, no, four years ago, he was diagnosed with autism. And I remember sitting in the room and the doctors and the specialists and all the different people we had to meet with sat there and told us all the things our kid would never be able to do. They told us that he was unintelligent. They told us that he might not ever be able to speak or function. And I remember sitting there thinking, just feeling so devastated. It it was like, this can't be it. And what was swirling through my mind were thoughts of the flesh, fear. It was fear-based and it started to It looked like that dead tree. That was where I was headed. But I knew in my spirit, I had to get a word from the Lord. I had to hear what God had to say because I believe that Tate is fearfully and wonderfully made. So God, you need to tell me. So I got in his presence and you know what I did? I said, God, 
that can't be true. You gotta tell me what you have to say about Tate because that's what I'm gonna declare over him. And you know what the Lord showed me? He said, your son is a joy bringer. And when he opens his mouth through word or song, people will feel my love. How many of you have met Tate? Come on. How many of you see the joy of the Lord and the love of the Lord just by him coming up and running into you? (laughs) But here's what happened. From that point on, you know what I declared over him? I declared, Tate, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty warrior. You're a joy bringer. And when you see people, people feel God's love. And that's what he does every single day. He got the kindness award at his school this last week. So don't tell me my God can't do it. But you know what? As believers, we have to plant the seeds of truth into our kids, into our neighbors. We live in a world that is so confused about their identity. And it's our time as a church to rise up and not be silent, but to rise up with love in our heart that no, this is who God says that you are. And when you speak God's word over people, it releases freedom. It releases freedom. I've seen it in my own son. He is a product because of a word spoken over him by the Lord. That is what God says about Tate. And that he created him so he has the authority to tell him who he is. But as believers, we have to rise up and start speaking the truth in love over the identity of the next generation. It's our time to rise up. What you say creates atmospheres. Every seed that you plant with your words impacts a destiny. It impacts the destiny. You can change what you reap by changing what you sow with your words. And the last thing is this movement. What you do, what you do. How do you change what you reap in your life? You change it by changing what you do. Galatians, that in that verse, in 6, 9, it says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do not give up. Some of us in here are so tired, so tired, but God says don't give up because you will reap a harvest. You will reap the harvest. And as Christians, what we want is to plant the seed and then to just boom, it grows. But rarely ever, if ever, do you actually reap the harvest when the exact same time you plant the seed. It takes time. It takes faithfulness. Faithfulness looks a lot like my husband, Nate. I gotta tell the story. I wasn't going to, but I'm gonna go there. My husband, and he doesn't have a microphone, so I can really, I can really tell you the truth what happened. So, <laughs> faithfulness looks like Nate. When Nate and I first got married, I got into running. And he's all nervous down here. He doesn't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I got into running, and it was a, a Saturday, and I said, Nate, I'm gonna try and run 10 miles today. And he said, great, I'll run with you. And I said, well, you don't ever run. He's like, I can run a mile, I can run 10. And I said, okay. (laughs) You know, laughing, thinking that's not possible. Well, we get to the trail and I start running and Nate's running with me about a mile and a half in. He goes, "This this is too hard, keep going. I'll find a way to catch up to you, just keep going. So I just kept running. And about two miles later, I frantically hear this noise in the background. Myel! Myel! And I turn around and I keep running because I'm not sure what kind of psycho is chasing after me at this point. 
And as this person gets closer, I realize Nate's on rollerblades. <laughs> Friends, we did not bring rollerblades with us. He stole them. I don't know how he got them. But so he has rollerblades. So I'm running, he's rolling, and we're going. We go a little bit longer, and all of a sudden I hear him say, say oh shoot, and a wheel pops off into the bush. And Nate rolls forward. And as Nate is on the ground, he says, keep going, I'll catch up to you, keep going. So I just kept running. So I'm running, and I get to the five mile mark, and I turn around, and I'm coming back, and in the distance, I see another psycho waving a hand, yelling, Mael, Mael. And it's Nate on a bike. I don't know where he got these things, but he found a bike. And in my head, I'm thinking, he stole it. My husband stole this. But at the same time, I'm, I'm amazed at his tenacity and his resilience. So I kept running, and he was biking. And we finished together. But here's the point of this whole great story. It's true, 100% true. He didn't give up. He was faithful. He said, I will finish it with you. I will do it with you. And you know what? He did in his own unique way. He did. <laughs> own unique, maybe illegal way. <laughs> he finished the race with me. But friends, we are called to be faithful. And some of you are in here today and you feel like, the wheel on your rollerblade just popped off and you are on the ground. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to pick you up. He wants to help you to keep moving forward because there's a harvest waiting and you get to be a part of it if you don't give up. And I know that some of you have been so hurt. You've been so hurt. I've been hurt. Sometimes even by the body of Christ. But it's time for us to rise up and love one another and be faithful to plant seeds into God's kingdom, to know that we have authority over the flesh, so we don't have to sow into the flesh, that the spirit will help us live lives that will honor God and bring glory to him. It's the faithfulness to get up, to keep going, to not stay down, to know that you have an almighty God on your side, an almighty God on your side. So would you just take a moment with me and just bow your head? Because I believe that this morning is a morning where God's gonna pull some weeds out. He's going to work. But first, I wanna give the opportunity, if you're listening online or you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, today is the best day of your life because you get to meet your savior who loves you unconditionally and he wants to transform your life. So if you're here today and you've not asked Jesus to be your Lord and savior, I want you to lift your hand up and I'm gonna pray with you. Just boldly lift your hand up and I wanna pray with you today. You wanna make Jesus the Lord and savior of your life. Thank you, Jesus. See that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Would you all just repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. I want to plant seeds in your kingdom. So I say yes to you and no to the flesh. 
Help me, Jesus, to walk in the freedom you redeemed me for. In your mighty name, amen, amen. If that was you and you just prayed that prayer. All of heaven is rejoicing with you today. It's the best decision you'll ever make in my life. Friends, would you stand with me? We're gonna worship the Lord, and I love this song, Authority, because here's the truth. The Lord has authority over your life. And you can change what you're reaping by changing what you're sowing. So don't leave here until you have done business with Jesus. He wants to pull the weeds out. You know what weeds are? Anything that's not from Him. Anything that doesn't reflect the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to clean you up so that you can plant good seed. Some of you in here, you might be wrestling with the flesh. And the Lord's just saying, hey, let me come in and fill you with my spirit so you can have authority out over that. Today is a day of transformation. It's a day of freedom. And so I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna open the altars. And really this altar call, it is open-ended, open-handed. Whatever the Lord is stirring in you, respond to that. Because he has something great for you. He has something great for you. So Lord, I thank you and I praise you that you are not done with us. I thank you and I praise you that you are not done with Portland. So God, we speak life over Portland. We speak life over our cities. We speak life over our families. And we thank you, Jesus, that we can change what we are reaping by changing what we're sowing. So Lord, this morning, I pray that you would pull the weeds, the weeds of anger, the weeds of addiction, the weeds of sin, the weeds of, of depression, the spirit of fear. You would pull the weeds out from the very root. And Jesus, you would help us to plant seeds into your spirit, into your kingdom. So Lord, we say yes to you and all that you have for us. And even right now as I'm praying, you're sensing the Lord tugging you to have a moment with him. I, the, the altar's open. I just want you to come as, as I begin to pray and as the Lord's showing me different things. Yeah, I thank you for that. I thank you for minds right now, God, of people who have thought that there's only one way of living and that is under this curse of fear and depression. And so in the mighty name of Jesus, we speak to depression and fear. And we say, you have no authority over our minds, but it's Christ in me, the hope of glory, that we can have authority over that. So I thank you, Jesus, that there's peace in this room. I thank you that there's freedom in this room. I come against discouragement and the lies of the enemy. I thank you, Jesus, that you bring hope. And I thank you, Jesus, that your blood speaks a better word over us. So we say yes to you. We say yes to you, Jesus, and all that you have for us. In your mighty name, amen. We're gonna worship together. I encourage you to respond to the Lord the way he's leading you to respond. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.